You are listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast, produced by the Father's House Church in Oroville, California. I'm Luke, and we created this podcast because we want to explore Christianity the way that Jesus intended it to be. If you're interested in joining us on this journey, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, or for more resources, check out changeoroville.org. Welcome to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. Here we are. Who are you? I am Luke. That's right. You didn't I forgot say your for name. A second. <laughs> I know. Praise We've been singing to him. He's like uh, shell shocked. Yeah, it's okay. We were filming uh, the video announcements for our church service the other day, and your niece forgot her first name too. She said, "Hey everybody." Jamie. I'm, uh, yeah, she said, "Hey everybody, I'm Sullivan Jacobitian." <laughs> I hate when that happens. Ooh, I hate when Whoa, it that's. Yeah. The, I, I've done it where I looked at someone and I'm like, I don't know your name right yeah. now. It's like I, you know, okay. and I'm at, I'm of the age. Where well, she forgot her own name. <laughs> There's a new level of that. Yeah. I don't even know. It's Jamie, she's not yep. even forty yet. She's, she's thirty-six. A chip off the old block. Hey. <laughs> you. Not me. I have no blood relation. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Love you, Jamie. Well, you guys are freshly back from a uh, little vacation. Yes, we had a bubbly. little mini vacation, bubbly. Um, we went to Emigrant Gap. Immigrant Gap at Yuba Gap. By the Donner Summer Summit. Mm. Donner Summit. Donner Summit. We had a good time. Awesome. Beautiful there. Yeah. Yeah, we swam. We took two, two bike rides. Uh, swam in mountain streams, the yeah, Truckee River. We did. And it, Lake, Tahoe. Lake Tahoe. We swam in Lake Tahoe. We swam warm. in We swam in a lake. I have no idea what the name of it is. <laughs> you? <laughs> no. So maybe it's Snowflower Lake. I don't know. We don't know. I don't know. We had a great time. We had a great time. Yeah. That's good. Campground's called Snowflower. Awesome. You're a snowflower right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where to go from here. So uh, let's look at what Jesus says. Yes, let's that's a good look point. at the words of Jesus. Because yeah. we love Jesus. Jesus. They change our lives. Okay. So last time we, uh, Vicky, you went with us. It was your birthday. So happy birthday. Thank you. Um, and we that wasn't why I wasn't with you, though. Okay. I she just said didn't want to be. I, had it. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't want to come. No, she that just is not fl- true. She but. travels by the beat of a different drum, <laughs> let me tell you. So she wasn't feeling it that day. Uh, 65. Yeah. Medicare. 65, yeah. Medicare birthday. I look at myself and go, how could you possibly be 65? Then I look. At, then again, I look at myself and say, oh, yeah, <laughs> you're definitely 65. <laughs> right? Good, Still one, alive at 65. One good-looking 65-year-old there, baby. But last Still year, alive. we uh, last year, last week even, we talked about uh, you can you cannot be my disciple unless and how we don't really have that uh, vocabulary in our Christianity today. Oh, no, much today, it's so. gone. But today we're going to keep looking at uh, some phrases that Jesus says. Uh, we're going to start today in Matthew 19. Read a couple of verses there. Perfect. Um, Jesus says this. Well, he doesn't say it straight away. But anyway, <laughs> then some children were brought to him <laughs> so that he may might lay his hands on them and pray. Then the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, let the children come and do not hinder them from coming to me. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. After laying his hands on them, he departed from there. So this is a, I've heard this this little verse here, let little children come to me, leave them alone, yeah, yeah. quoted a lot um, over the years. And one of the kind of normal places it's used for is in the idea of kids' ministry, like Jesus putting his importance yeah, on mission, and everything. on to kids. Yep. And I, I don't think that's necessarily the full intention of what this passage is about. So Steve, would you... Light to well, they brought him the children to yeah. get him to lay hands on them and bless them the yeah. same way we come and we dedicate our babies right. and right. we think that dedication of babies some people do believe it's the salvation, salvation. of that baby yeah. Yeah. or we baptize babies and then they're good for life you know mm-hmm. there's no choice of their own 
And so they brought him to him to lay hands on him and mm -hmm. bless him that, you know, they would live their life uh, blessed by this, whatever they thought he was. Right. Yes. If they thought he was the Messiah, yes. if they thought he was just a great prophet, if they thought he was just mm -hmm. a healer. Good someone, you know, they, if, no matter what they thought he was, they yeah. wanted him to lay hands on him and pray so that their children would benefit from it. Mm -hmm. And he turned it into a teaching moment that yeah. today we do say suffer the children. Mm -hmm. It is important to yes. have the children come and teach them the way that they should go so that when they are oh. old, they should not depart mm -hmm. from it. Good. They would grow up and they would choose Jesus instead of rejecting Jesus. But instead, we want a supernatural, uh, you know, tap their head. They're good. Abracadabra. Mm -hmm. We'd really, uh, I think abracadabra would be a better way to do this than what some of the things we <laughs> do. You know, we say, oh, he was prophesied over. Or I heard the Lord say he's going to be this or that. And instead of teaching them the way they should live, you know, our church is full of, uh, the churches are full of kids. And they're not unruly. They're undisciplined. They, the, and, you know, when I tell the stories of my days, where it wasn't allowed to speak out loud in this sanctuary because it was called God's house. And, oh, that was so horrible. You know what really wasn't that horrible? It taught me and Vicki. We both were in the same church. So it, bought us, it taught us to respect what went on in that building. Yeah. And it made me sit there. And, and when I got totally bored with everything they were doing for adults, <laughs> I wandered through the cross and all of the different statuaries that are in that church where Mary's holding a baby and Mary and there's a manger scenes and and then of course the cross the the crush the 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 Crucifix. suffering of yeah. Jesus Christ in the crucifix which spoke to me my whole life and it's, it, it does mean let the little children come to the Christian message let the little yeah. children come and be blessed but that's not the point he's making with these men He's telling them, you must become like little children. That's yeah, yeah. good. And he said, why are you out? You know, he says, unless, I think he says it, let the children come to me and do not hinder them. Mm -hmm. Kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Yeah. And he's really saying that they have to become like little children. Right. He even says it in another verse, lest you become like these. Well, let's, let's, let's hop over there. So he's actually just said that a chapter earlier. So let's. Let's read that, and we'll just widen it up. So uh, in Matthew 18, the start of it, he says, uh, it says, at, this at that time, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Who then is the greatest in the wow. kingdom of heaven? And he called a child to himself and set him before them and said, Truly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Wow. You will not enter will the not. kingdom of heaven. And that's the point he's making in yeah. 19 again. So he's reiterating, right. wow. like, yeah, you, yeah, you're trying to get me to bless children. I think you're missing the point. Yeah. If you would become blessed, if Vicki and I will become blessed, and not blessed in financial means, not blessed, but blessed in faith, where we trust the Lord like our Father, our children will watch us struggle through our whole life, which they did, and regardless of what your children become, you know, you want them to become doctors and they become garbage men. It doesn't really matter. You don't, you want them to go to college and they want to go work as a contractor, mm -hmm. learn to be a con It doesn't matter what they do or they want to be in the ministry. Mm -hmm. It's, but are you going to be a garbage man that loves Jesus? Are you going to be a contractor that loves Jesus? And if you go be a doctor, are you going to be a doctor that sticks to the principles we taught you about wow. faith and being childlike in your faith, trusting him like a child? trust their parent so good. and when you become a 65 years old for heaven's sakes are you still going to act like a child when it comes to god and say i need you feed me 
Uh, you know, I, me. I, I poop my Provide. pants even, Provide. right? Yeah. Protect me. I'm scared. Provide. Can I sit in your lap? Can you hold me? Mm-hmm. Will you take care of me? I know you'll take care of me. And unless you become an adult that thinks that way, then your children doesn't matter who prays for them and puts their hand on their head. Wow. It doesn't matter what blessing the children get or how you suffer the children to come unto you or how your children's ministry operates. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's what do their parents who believe demonstrate to them do they demonstrate childlike faith or do they demonstrate this mature christian believer who trusts in the world the worldly believer and that's what the children see and then it doesn't make anyone happy so therefore they say i don't want to be unhappy and they leave and they walk away from the faith that you claimed to believe but this is what jesus says is the faith of a christian unless you are converted Mm -hmm. To become like children, Converted. you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Wow. I mean, do that. Let me walk that one out. So I personally, I personally, and me and Vicky, walk this out pretty much in agreement. You got to imagine there's every once in a while a disagreement about it, but for the most part of our life, we have pretty firmly walked this out to where we don't want to trust in riches, and we suddenly recognize how comfortable riches make you. We go the other way. Hmm. We, go to, we want to be generous, and we want to make sure we put ourselves in a place where we aren't going to stand before God and have to explain why we needed to have so much in reserve. No, we want nothing in reserve. We want to make sure that if God doesn't come through to take care of us, we will perish. We must trust in him. Our faith must be in, in him like a daddy. We must know who he is and go forward trusting him like our Father who art in heaven and know that. And so that's who we are because we want – because you cannot, you cannot enter the right. kingdom of heaven. Mm. No oh, I desperately want to enter the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Amen. And people say there's, it doesn't matter what you do. Well, it does here. Yeah. It does in this story. It says you got to convert and be, can transform and become like children. Mm. Good. That's what that verse, suffer the children to come to me, is. I think that's so good because I just looked up convert and it says to cause a change in form and character and in function. And that's what they're saying is that the childlike faith, you know, Steve often talks at Sundays about look at, you know, the four-year-olds or the three-year-old kids. They, they never worry about anything. They just know their father and their mother are going to take care of them. And, and uh, I mean, to get to that place, I think, is, some, is a strive, a striving that we should do our whole life. Yeah. And like Steve said, we haven't done it perfectly. In fact, this weekend we're standing on a, the banks of Lake Tahoe and this beautiful house with green grass right to the lake, you mm-hmm. know, with these Adirondack chairs, and and we're like, wow. And you just feel yourself, you know. I it, want one of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it really is. And then you go, wait a minute, wait a minute, why? You know, um, you talk about you look at Lazarus and what you know, the, and the rich man, rich yeah. ruler. What we talked about a few weeks ago, but it's it is should be the goal of our life to become childlike yeah. in our faith in our father not to be like childish mm-hmm. but to be childlike in our in our belief and our god the father will take care of us really good. Um, and that is a very difficult thing to continually go after yeah. so what are some of the hallmarks of childlikeness that you, that you think we're supposed to have one, one that i was thinking of was kind of uh the you know we mentioned trust sort of like the that 
a kid doesn't worry about tomorrow, doesn't no. worry about what's on the table, whether whether or if there'll be food, if on there'll the be table. right, all of that stuff. There's there's that in America. That's true, right? right. In a well, Western right. civilization, yeah. But there, I mean, even think about birthday parties. Yeah. Your your life is celebrated. You know, you don't do anything. You wake up on your birthday, and there's a celebration. Um, there's there, you know the clothes they wear. You know, there's always clothes in their drawer. They're always washed. Um, the provision. You know, the lunches are made yeah. for the. I'm talking about you know for the normal, yeah, normal Western world. Yeah. Western world. Yeah. On top of that, though, they're always happy unless you give them a reason not to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're forgiving. They're forgiving. They're forgiving, yeah. and they forget their pain. Like, they'll oh, come to you crying, true. and a few minutes later, they're out kiss laughing. Kiss the boo-boo. Again. Kiss the boo-boo, and then you kiss the boo-boo, and they go. And that's yeah. that's the full of joy should be the results mm-hmm. of a, you know, we as adults yeah, have bad things happen, and yeah, we go, oh, no, and oh, my gosh. But if we're childlike, we, oh, well, you know what? My father has this. He knows about it. It's kind of, really you know, it's many of the stories we tell about the tragedies of our life. Like, we really, really, really wish Avalyn, our dog granddaughter, had not passed away after a three-year battle with leukemia. But she did, and we got up, brushed ourselves off, and said, let's go on. And it took no time at all before we feel joy again. Mm-hmm. That's what a Christian should look like. Someone who has hard times, but gets up and says, okay, he, he's God, his will prevails, and he's good. And so I'm going to walk with him. I trust him. And even though bad things will happen, he'll be with me through them. Yeah. He won't leave me. That's good. And I don't have to be perfect. I can be. I can cry, and then I'll laugh. Yeah. That's and really I, good if you look at children, you know, if you look at your children or grandchildren and see, you know, when they, they you know, even if they rip their skin open and it's bleeding, you know, mm-hmm. you put a little Band-Aid on it, and, and away they go, and their whole day is not wrecked. Our day is often wrecked by bad things, yeah. right? And our day is often wrecked by uh, stress. Our day is often wrecked by money issues or bills or, oh, my gosh, how are we going to do this and how are we going to do that? I can't serve the Lord because I have to pay the bills, you know. I can't serve the Lord because I have, you know, my I have to do this and I have to do that. And kids just don't operate that way. They just get up every morning and they're, where are we going today? They get in the car. They follow you wherever you're going to go. You take them. They don't even know if they're going to Disneyland or if they're going to go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. They just get in the car, you know, and, and – uh, and it's just like that's our example. That's what Jesus is trying to tell us, that these other people he was always talking to, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they had it all together. It looked like, you know, they were the religious ones, and, and they they provided for themselves, and they said they trust God, but they really didn't. And I, I guess probably in today's day today, we probably are more like the religious more times than not in the way we operate way more. You know, we're, we're grown up and we're not childlike. Uh, so oftentimes it can be childish, which I think is completely different, right. and I don't want to be childish. Yeah, that's really right. I like that picture of yeah, getting in the car and going wherever Jesus is taking you, as opposed to uh, I think often we we say Jesus, this is my plan for the day. You know, yes, come along with me. Yeah, that's really yeah. good. And kids don't ever, you know, kids. If you tell them you're going to Disneyland, you can't tell them you're they're going to Disneyland in a week, or a month, because every day they they will say. <laughs> You know, yeah. we're going to Disneyland. Yeah. Yeah. When are we going? Are we almost there? Yeah. Are we almost there? No, we haven't even left. Yeah. So, yeah, that's really good. We often want to say, you know, we're, we plan it. And honestly, there's scripture that says, um, uh, why do you do that? Shouldn't you just say, God willing? God, mm-hmm. you know. And James, yeah. yeah. yeah God willing, we will go there. Yeah, yeah. God willing. Yeah. 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 So are we going on this one? Yeah, let's keep going. All right. Uh, First four. First four. Or, yeah. Whoever yeah. then humbles himself as this child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever receives such a child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little oh, ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him to have a heavy millstone hung around his neck 
and be drowned in the depth of the sea. Now he's yeah. not talking about kids yeah. anymore. He's talking about adults, not, right? right? So <laughs> that you know, you can ask a hundred people, well, who's he talking about there? You stumbling. You should be in danger of stumbling. I think uh, you get a high nineties. Will tell you the children. Hmm. The children in that other story that came to Jesus for a blessing mm-hmm. caused one of those to stumble. That's not what he's talking about mm-hmm. here. It's a person that converts and becomes like a child. Yeah. Now, you meet somebody, and we do all the time, a converted person who becomes born again, and they're brightly alive. And they become like children, expecting God to do everything they ask and to take care of every whim they have. And I know that when I was first born again, I had the most miraculously run of faith you wouldn't mm-hmm. believe. Everyone I prayed with mm-hmm. experienced God. Everyone I shared the gospel with became a Christian, had a phenomenal experience. And then I prayed for many healings. Many people claimed to be healed. Many wild things happened. Um, I drove a tr- car from Eureka, California to Sacramento that was empty. And it died and ran out of gas in the driveway of the house we lived in. Wow. I mean, and we just going, this thing's out of gas, man. Anybody, nobody has money. We didn't have any money. We drove it all the way home. Called that car, the, I think we called it the dirt clod. I'm not sure what we, Should it had. Should have called it, it fake, a, true. And it was amazing. <laughs> Took us all the way 300 miles or whatever that Why is. a dirt clod. On an empty tank. We had so many faith. And people began to tell me, you know, oh, that's, that's going to disappear. Yeah, that's right. That's going to go horrible. away. And I'll be honest with you. I started to believe that's them, horrible, right? Yeah. And uh, that new new Christianity, your yeah. new belief, I said, oh, your oh, new joy oh, is going to go I'm away. I'm not a mature Christian until this faith goes away. <laughs> so if that's so, that's not that's not nope. far fetched. It's it not far fetched. Vicky, true. when Vicky was on fire, she went into this college, and some well-meaning Christian said, "You're turning people off." And what he was was jealous because he couldn't be as excited as she was. He couldn't be as vocal about her faith she just wanted to share it with everybody did you know he's real did you know he's real she had an experience with him and i want to just tell you about my he's real and this guy tried to shut her down and she got all broken hearted. i'm turning people off i'm turning people off well that's exactly what this is saying whoever then causes one such child that means someone who's been converted and acts mm-hmm. like a child trusts like a child really not acts but trusts like a child believes like a child anyone who causes one of these little ones who believes in me to stumble it'd be better for you if a millstone were hung around your neck and cast in the sea and listen to this a millstone is a monster thing way bigger than this table some small ones were the size of this table but they're usually way bigger Tied around your neck and cast into the sea. You die very quickly. So you're standing there on the deck of a ship, and they throw the millstone in the sea, and you realize you realize it's tied to your neck. Right, it's It's going to take you down and drag you over and hill to the bottom of the ocean. Now listen to this. That's the better choice. Here's your choices: the millstone or the or the actual penalty for stumbling one of those. Wow. It's like oh, that's so oh, a millstone or the actual penalty. Wow. What's the actual penalty? We don't want that. So, and to be drowned in the depths of the sea, that's the better choice for stumbling someone who has converted, is childlike, and has faith, and you convince them not to have faith. Wow. Not to treat God like a father in heaven. Jesus, from the very beginning of Matthew, that's what's so awesome about Matthew. Matthew is so much trying to tell everyone Jesus is the Messiah, and then he's trying to tell them what the Messiah means. The Messiah comes to return the sons to the father, the father to the sons. A division has occurred from the sins of Israel. And who God tried to father would not be a son to him. And it says, the prophet says, 
that he would turn the sons, turn the hearts of the sons to the fathers and the hearts of the fathers to the sons. And Jesus is telling us from the very beginning, right, in, right as soon as he quits being a baby in Matthew, the first messages are, you must have a father in heaven. Wow. Don't be like the Gentiles who have no father. Wow. Don't be like the Pharisees who don't know what to do with the father. Mm. Be, don't be orphans. Have your father in heaven. And when you pray, Matthew 5, pray, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Honor, I will honor your name and I will not dishonor it. That's good. And um, wow. from the very beginning. And so he's saying, if somebody achieves this most important reason I came to the earth <laughs> to give you back a father, wow. to make you so sons bad. to that father, yeah. trusting him like a son trusts a father. Nobody better try to stop you from feel, feeling that way. Anybody who deceives you into stumbling away from that, that's one of the reasons we would never drink in public around here. Mm -hmm. We do not have any kind of drinking alcohol mm -hmm. around here because we don't have a clue who we're stumbling. Wow. We get some born-again guy. What, this really did happen in our church. I told a story. A guy walked into our church stumbling drunk, like absolutely stinking bad. Mm -hmm. He was wet-brained. He had drank himself into stupor. And he just walked up front the minute I gave the and, and 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 he was so drunk he couldn't stand still. I laid hands and prayed on him. This is 24 years ago. I laid hands and prayed on prayed for him, and he was immediately sober. Mm. All effects of alcohol were gone. He came to church three months. He was on fire. He was at every service for three months. Well, there was another pastor in town that used to be a hoodlum. That used to be a gangster. And when they were gangsters, they were gangsters together. Okay. And the other pastor said, what the heck are you going to his church for? You should be at my church. Wow. And pulled him away where over there, it wasn't the same for him. And he slowly slipped back into drinking, back into drugs, and pretty soon he was right back worse than he started. Hmm. And that's what I'm talking about. This guy had this childlike faith. Now, I'm happy to inform you that once he went through the dark valley again, he remembered where he was. Hmm. And he came home, and he's been here ever since. He's absolutely a foundational member of our church and would not leave. I mean, he actually, with Jordy, became his son to Jordy. Mm -hmm. and, and if Jordy told him to stand on the, his head in the corner, mm -hmm. he would have stood on his head in the corner. And um, he just, when Jordy passed, he's lost for a minute, but mm -hmm. came and said, okay, can I be to you what I was to Jordy? I said, of course, you always could have been, but I was happy with Jordy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And and so that's what I'm talking about. Someone who comes into the faith and someone, hey, why aren't you going to my church? Mm. And brings them over here. And, I, you know, that's their thing. But um, when someone has this brightly converted, brand-new faith that believes in everything and yeah. has miracles and miracles and miracles, and someone woos oh. them away from it, that's causing them to stumble. That's really good. And, and what, I, you know, I don't think that pastor drank. In fact, I think he was pretty much anti-alcohol. And uh, he was anti-alcohol, mm -hmm. any, any kind of thing. So it wasn't the man's morality. Mm -hmm. It was just he broke this man's concentration. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a dangerous thing to do. Yeah. I think that's a really, if I could just take a moment to, like, um, a disclaimer or warning or something, is that if you're out there and you have done that to someone where, where someone's gotten saved and they were brightly converted and you, you said to them, you know, that's just your new, what's it, how they say your new, your new Christianity yeah, or your new. That's the way it is when you're brand new when Christian, you're new, but it that, will pass. It'll, that'll pass. That'll all. pass, yeah. 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 And I just don't think that's a good idea. I think because you want to be always, you want to always be 
on fire for Jesus, and I don't ever want to lose that passion. That passion should never pass. That passion should never pass because right. you become lukewarm if you don't have right. it, correct? And I did have a lot of people saying that to me, and it did diminish my my uh, brand new shininess. Yeah. And you know that was back then. It was so easy. And had I continued, I don't know what you know. I don't know what would happen. I think I'm pretty shiny now too, though not the same. I had just a childlike faith, and yeah. everything I did, I just believed God, my Father, is going yeah. to do it. And well-meaning Christians, more than one, told me that this is going to pass. So I believed him because I didn't know anything. Right. I'm just born again. So just if, if that's you, just um, be careful with that. Yeah. You know, you don't want to take away the born again nature of people being saved and their excitement and you the truth is we all want to be um mm-hmm. sold out and on fire for jesus yeah that's good on, on that note i think that there is a there's a balance of not putting you know dousing out someone's passion but also there is a, a, a part of trying to teach them. disciple teach yeah. help because some people's passion can be misguided passion <laughs> well let me tell you miss pa- I, when i got saved i, I was i did i go from dark to light yeah. overnight i mean basically swearing every word to praise the lord and um it was very i was very noticeable yeah. and <clears throat> we had just gotten married we got married very quickly after i got saved like two months later right and i had heard that the end of the world is coming in august of 1979 <laughs> and so i went to all my relatives and told them to kind of get ready because the world's ending in 79 and bless his heart he steve was um you know steve had been a christian for four or five years and he just let the holy spirit kind of teach me but he also was there to to kind of guide and correct and stuff but sometimes you got to let them be kids sometimes you got to let them make mistakes i think don't you sometimes you sometimes i think we overcorrect. yeah overcorrect into into making them mature Christians when they're just born again and they just had the revelation. Here, I think there's a there's a um, balance. If you go back two or three, maybe four uh, podcasts ago, you'll find us talking about not everyone should aspire to be a teacher, no. a leader. Honestly, not everybody who gets the position of leader. Mm-hmm. Some people are handed leadership by other people. Mm-hmm. Some people are elevated by education, mm-hmm. choices, you know, a job opening right. is the reason they got put in the position. Uh-oh. But but not everybody should. Mm-hmm. Only those called by God, positively called by God, almost forced by God, should do it. And people should really trust in people they find to be called by God more than people who are put in a position. And I'm telling you, we talked about it then about the leadership and don't aspire to be a leader. But this kind of thing of stumbling, that's one of the reasons pastoring is so dangerous is because you have the ability to stumble people. By thinking you're wise, you become a fool. And I think that someone who says to a bright young girl leading, leading everyone in the photography lab to Jesus, mm-hmm. ha- praying with them all over the place, and they're having these phenomenal conversions, go up and say, you're turning more people off. I think that guy should not aspire to be a leader. Right. He should not have tried to be her leader. And, you know, he became our great and best friend for many years and passed away from cancer. But that, that, this is the point. This is the description, and this is the reason. Yeah. Be... Uh, woe to you if you cause somebody to stumble. Right. If your hand or your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. If your pastor causes you to stumble, if your spiritual mentor, your what you call your spiritual mom or dad, mm-hmm. causes you to stumble, cut it off. Wow. Knock it away. And if you are stumbling people, stop it. Yeah. This is this is a 
It's all about robbing people of faith because here's the here it is. We are saved by grace and that through faith. Mm-hmm. To rob somebody's faith is to rob their ability to access grace. Mm-hmm. And it's really important for leaders and teachers to not mm-hmm. cut off people from their faith, not convince them, back away from your faith, step down from your faith, wow. move away from your faith. It is so important. So if you've done that as a leader or as a friend. Repent. Yeah, I think just go to that person. <laughs> yeah. and, and I think that, you know, because I'm sure, I'm sure I, I'm guilty of it, you know, throughout my life. The um, man we're talking about came to her and repented and yeah. said I was wrong years later and said, I hope God can but forgive my, me for what I did. But I was I doused did. quite a bit. My zeal was kind of doused. Yeah. But I, you know, in the later years, I've seen, I've seen the errors in my way. And because I w- tried to work out my salvation with fear and trembling and and studies show myself approved, but it is, it, it, when people are brightly converted, I mean, you know, when, when it's a, the 180 turn and from dark to light, it's precious. So here's an example I'm, thi- I'm thinking of. So I, uh, I know somebody who was who brightly converted, however, they, the wrong thing. they believed in certain conspiracy theories yeah. like the flat earth theory or other popular ones. <laughs> flat earth? Yes. Wow. And in the midst of the sharing of the gospel, they, it, we're also yeah, that's sharing their conspiracy theories the and discipling people and kind of finding a following of confusion. Yeah. So in that sort of scenario, for me, one of the hallmarks of a child is also being teachable, teachable. right? Bothered. So how do, we, how do you navigate a scenario like that? My opinion is we've fallen away from pastors. We've fallen away from mentors and leaders. That I mean, that people love. only come and ask me questions unless, and they only want me to agree with them. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times a day someone asks me a question, and the real thing, real answer is, "Why did you ask me? You weren't, you all you wanted was either if you're taking a survey, yeah. seeing if I agree with you, but you're only going to f- do what I say if you agreed with what I said in the first place." Yeah, that's good. I think it's really important that we get back to what the apostles did. And how they ran churches. That leadership is held to a higher standard of judgment. We really have huge responsibility to guide people in life. Mm-hmm. And that's why someone who does that, the pastor should be the one. Mm-hmm. You should go to the pastor and say, listen, he's sharing these things and he's adding oh, this good. flat earth theory. <laughs> and you go and say, listen, son, that's, you know, do you trust me as your shepherd? Then even if flat earth theory is right. It's not really going to lead anybody to the cross, so put that down for a while. Strike Stop God. sharing that. Share, be, keep your zeal to share Jesus and share only Jesus and okay. leave it at that. And pastors and mentors should shepherd people into the right place. But we have come to the point where nobody wants to trust a shepherd. They're every day are in the news. If you want to search the Internet, you will find every day news stories about pastors violating their calling. And, and what it does to those of us who don't violate our calling is it makes us a target of, of accusation, mistrust, and it's impossible to go to someone and say, hey, it'd be better if you didn't share the flat earth theory. They, they don't, well, why would I listen to you? They have no value in the p- place of teacher, no value in the place of example or mentor, wisdom, honor, integrity, because so many men who have claimed to have it haven't had it haven't demonstrated, have demonstrated the opposite. So people just don't trust. Everyone that walks in here from a religious background, many of you had religious backgrounds, and trusting me that way was like, are you out of your mind? You know, I, I, 
No, that's not what we, no, that's not it. We don't do that. But if you just keep walking in trustworthiness, you will eventually get a few guys who say, I was, and for me, it's young women who just don't trust men. Hmm. And they come to me and say, I don't trust men. And I can see that you're the very kind of men I don't trust. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's more than I could count on my hands that are here today that have said that to me, still on our team. And I said, well, just would you let's just agree to one thing. Give me a chance. I'm asking you for nothing, but just watch. Two years. Watch, watch, watch. Mm -hmm. Test me. Run up to me and ask questions every time you want to, and just test me. And I, I promise you I won't let you down. I will be trustworthy and honorable in front of you. And, 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 and you, at, over time, they, they always come to me and say, you know what? I at one time made a vow I'd never trust a man like you, one who's so strong and so masculine and so, so, oh, so claim, claiming he's right, you know, or <laughs> declaring the way, you know. I would never trust a man with that strong of opinions. But I do. I trust you. And I honestly, they come to me about everything, financial, romance, everything. They come to me about everything. Like a father. Like a father. And I'm trying to tell them the way you're coming to me is the way you need to come to God so that you can be classified as one of these children yeah. who have been converted and trust in your Lord like a father. And now you have an example of a man who will be a father and be someone you can trust and count on. Yeah. So then you can look at God and say, well, now I can believe it's possible. That's good. Anyway. I, think, I just got to say one thing because it's, um, and I, you know, we, what, where we can go from there, but um, just because someone hurts your feelings doesn't mean they're untrustworthy. Wow. So a lot of times people hurt your feelings. You, you, just take a, you just take a rubber stamp and say they're untrustworthy. Well, that's not true. Just because they hurt your feelings doesn't mean they're untrustworthy. It's the fruit of their life. It's their decisions day in and day out. It's the good fruit that they, that they present. Are they still married? Are they still happy? Do their kids do their kids love Jesus? Do their people around you, you know, are they, you know, do I mean because we've been out twenty five years in Orville almost and I mean the rumors that have gone around about Steve, you know, it's been a lot, you know, and it's just like so just watch him, watch him day in and day out. Now people some of us twelve, fifteen years with I mean, how long have you been with us? Twelve. Twelve. Uh, and so just because they hurt your feelings does not mean your leader is not trustworthy. Mm -hmm. That's good. People come to me every day saying, you've changed so much. And I'm like, okay, what, what's the subject? What, what have I changed? <laughs> and they'll describe something that I am exactly the same. They just wouldn't see it. Mm -hmm. But I just, I'm just going to keep doing the right thing, keep yeah. being the same. Just keep being the same. That's right. And demonstrate for them. And I think that's really our calling. First off, if you're not a leader, don't aspire to be one. If you but are one, someone. take the responsibility for what you're leading, what you're teaching. I'm talking about being the pastor, the right, teacher, okay. the head of yeah. the, the head of the tip yeah. of the spear. Don't do it if you don't. Everyone's coming to me introducing them. I'm Pastor Ron. What what are you pastor? Uh, nothing. They, nothing. <laughs> it's like okay, why would you want to introduce yourself as a pastor? <laughs> I do not introduce myself as Pastor Steve ever. And and um, only let people are call me pastor that they get to. I, I don't say don't call me that. That is what I am. But it's up to you it's to make choice, me your yeah. pastor, not me to make myself your Good. pastor. And so I take that responsibility tremendously. And, you know, but when I, people, why do you want to be a pastor? Millstone. Why do you want to, why do you want to be put in the position where what you teach people stumbles them or doesn't stumble mm -hmm. them? Removes the stumbling blocks or adds the stumbling wow. blocks? Jesus goes on to say, beware of the world's stumbling blocks. The yeah. whole world's trying to stumble you. Right. You come in the church, you're supposed to be free of stumbling blocks. You're supposed to, it's supposed to be a stumbling block-free zone. <laughs> the aisles are supposed to be clear of stumbling blocks. But they're not, man. 
For us guys, there's girls dressed in stumbling block clothes all over the place. For us, for women, there's all kinds of danger in men, and, and this, there's just lies, there's deceit. And so correction by a father. My own children did not like my correction. If they were to vote, do you like my correction or don't like your, my correction? <laughs> they would say, love the results of who I am because of it. They would say, I hated it when I was in it. And the problem with pastoring a church is you have discipline and correction. You have direction. You have rules. You say, no, you can't walk with me and go that way because I'm going this way. You mm. want to walk with me? We're going this way. That's, that's absolutely a rule. We're going to go that way, and we're going to end up over there. We're not going to wait for you. You go that way, you, lo- you walk away. Um, and they don't like that. Well, when do I get to choose? Well, no, I'm the boss. I choose. We go this way. And it sounds harsh, but that is what a father does. That's good. But not everybody likes it. In then the they car. go out and they complain. What Vicky was talking about, the, the thing said. They go and they complain. Mm. Well, I, I can't change the ship because they're complaining, and I can't go a different direction. Plus, I didn't stumble them. They just would not. They, they, they wanted something different than their father who art in heaven. Yeah. Right? That's really good. That's actually just clicked in my brain as you're speaking that, you know, one, one of the qualities of a child is that they have parents, they have a father, and, the, and they have to be parented, right? And yeah. the goal of Jesus saying, let them come to me, become like, come to me as a child, is so that he can retrain us retrain and bring us up them. in Convert. his way. Right? Convert yeah. them. Right. Yep. And, but often we want to come to him with, as like we said, with our, as mature people that just add him into our lives instead of him teaching us, training really us, parents us into something different than we ever were. And, and that then is now a reflection, as you're saying, as a pastor, it's hard to, pa- to parent and lead people because they just want your rubber stamp of approval as opposed to be trained again. So I, I think my takeaway for today, and maybe for our listeners too, is like, are we are we willing to come to him as children ready to be changed ready to be converted ready ready to then be retrained in his ways rather than our own ways it's really good um so that's you know that let the children come to me it's one of those phrases that you know we, we hear and it's like oh that's really nice but really he's it's an invitation into being fathered by the lord and that's and then letting the the earthly fathers spiritual fathers flits in your life change you and lead you too. So that's yeah, and if you don't have one, you need to find one. Right. I mean, you need to find yeah. someone with good fruit. Don't just do it yeah. with anybody, but just, you know, because that's the problem with the church, I think, today is that we've just, like Steve said, there's yeah. been so many failures in um, yeah. in fathering and yeah. leadership. So, good. if you've been listening to this today and you're, you recognize maybe where you've been a stumbling block or you recognize maybe you've been stumbled and you've been hurt, like, yeah. whichever side of that coin you find yourself on, don't just sit in that, but repent you know ask for help find a way because this this is a it says you will not enter the kingdom of heaven unless you will not <laughs> enter that should be paused yeah. put the brakes on right there yeah. stop and drop right yeah unless Good. you become unless you are converted and become like children yeah and i just would i would just encourage anybody yeah. listening that you know honestly studies show yourself approved and read the gospels in context again you know just yep. go through matthew mark luke and john and go through them a few times and I, it's stunning what Jesus says. It is. Yeah. Remember that he says, you cannot. You cannot. Yeah. That's a lot. It's pretty important. Yeah. So thanks for joining us again. Have a great week. We really appreciate it. Please uh, share this. On share it with us. Yeah, share yeah. this podcast. Let it get around. We uh, we really appreciate your uh, loyalty and just 
we love hearing testimonies, so please email us anything to uh, uncommonpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll be back next time. Bye-bye. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Church Podcast today. I hope this episode encouraged you, inspired you, maybe even challenged you to keep seeking after everything Jesus has for you and the life he calls you to live. If you haven't already, please take a moment and subscribe to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. That way you'll get every episode each week when it's released. It would really help us if you could rate, review, and even share this podcast with anyone that you think would be encouraged by it. Help us spread the message to more people so that we can all live out this Christianity the way Jesus intended it to be. If you would like to get in touch with us, have any questions about the podcast, the topics, or even like us to pray for you, you can do so by emailing us at uncommontruthpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time.